St. Paul says something very important in uh, the second reading today from his letter to Timothy um, that's important as Catholics that we understand and hear well. It says, This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved. God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is something that's been a controversy up and down the ages um, uh, among Christians, is will everybody be saved? Will everybody go to heaven? Or will some go to hell? And if some do go to hell, and God knows everything, does that mean that he wanted them to go to hell? He created people so that they wouldn't be saved? Well, St. Paul says unequivocally in the letter to to Timothy that God wills everyone to be saved. We can deny God's invitation. We can reject him. But God wants everyone with him and will give every person every single chance he can in his infinite and abundant mercy to bring them to himself. But the next sentence that St. Paul says is, There is one God, there is also one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all. And so, maybe to our ears, that sounds a bit contradictory, at least a little confusing, that those two things are right next to each other, that God wants everyone to be saved, but only those who have Christ, who believe in him, who follow him, will be saved. So we tend to want to say, like, well, no matter what you believe, you're of another religion or you have no religion at all, so long as you're a good person, won't God in his mercy want us all in heaven? He says, yes, God wills everyone to be saved, but the way to be saved is Christ. We as Christians have to hold these two things in tension, that there is one way to heaven, but God wants us all to take it, and it's available to all. Even those who don't know Christ, right, through no fault of their own, or haven't had the gospel proclaimed to them in a way that's convincing, God is still able to save whoever he wants. We do not canonize like we canonize saints. We say, that person's definitely in heaven. We've never said, that person's definitely in hell. There's hope for all. But the hope of all is Christ. If anyone is saved, they're saved by Christ. I heard a great analogy or story to explain this point. Uh, A friend of mine told me, it's sort of a little parable. There's this person walking on a hill in the light of the day, and they're not watching where they're going. They fall down into this hole. This, they trip and fall, and it's this cave. It's the mouth of a, a gigantic cave that goes straight down into this hill, deep, deep underground. And they finally, after f- finishing falling, and they're all bruised and broken, they look up, and there's this little ring of light where they fell from, and there's no way to get back up. They can't climb. They're too weak. There's no foothold. And around them are these tunnels, the cave is this series of, of caverns, and they're just too scared to move, so they, they don't do anything, just wait. And this friend of theirs comes to the, the top of the cave and calls down, and there's no rope long enough. There's nothing that this person could do to, to guide them back up, their friend. So the, the friend just jumps into the hole with them. The person says, what did you do that for? And now we're both stuck. And the friend looks at the person who's fallen and says, It's okay, I know the way out. Come with me. And that person has a decision to make in that moment. Does this person really know, does this friend of mine really know the way? And then, if they do, and I have that trust, that faith, I'm going to grab their hand and walk with them. And no matter what path they take, I trust them. I can't figure my way out of this mess. I can't figure my way back out into the light, but I believe that this person can. That person, that friend, is Christ. And what I like about that analogy is that, like Christ, 
He comes from above. They're from, and Christ is in the light. He is in the eternal Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's not subject to our mess that we've got ourselves in, the mess of Adam and Eve, of sin, the darkness of this world where we're confused and we don't know the way home. He knows the way, but he enters into the darkness because most people who will offer salvation either are down in the dark cave with us and they're just trying to figure it out just like anybody else. Some self-help book you read like, well, you're a sinner like me. All of us are broken. Who are you to fix me? We can't fix each other. Or someone will say from down in the cave, I've got a revelation from above. From up above, I've heard the voice and now I know the way, so follow me. Only Christ is the light itself. He's from God. He is God. And yet enters into our situation so that because we can't help ourselves, he can help us and we can grab onto him. We can follow him. He can even give us the strength to get through the trials and the darkness and the narrow passageways of our life back out into salvation. That's why Paul says there is one mediator between God and man. What is so unique about Christ and what makes us unique as Christians is not that we're holier than other people or smarter than people of other religions. It's that we have received a great gift in Christ and we want to share it. God wants to share it. He wills all people to be saved, but he knows we're trapped. We're broken. And that's why he comes to us in, the, in these ways. We have a, a strange parable today. It's uh, probably the hardest parable to preach on because there's so many different little meanings in it and, and apparent kind of weird contradictions like the steward, the master of the steward, praises the dishonest steward for being dishonest, basically for cheating him out of money. He says, make friends with dishonest wealth. What is, what is Christ saying? What is he trying to say? Well, the story is basically of a steward, someone who's entrusted with the riches of someone who's very rich, and he's the one that's kind of like lending the money out and making sure it gets paid back. And all of a sudden, he's fired. And there he was in this position of power, position where he was doling out favors and money. He was in control, and now he's got nothing. And he decides to himself... I'm at least going to try to be nice to people or give them a break so that when I'm totally powerless and moneyless and penniless, that at least people will accept me into their homes. At least they might try to return the favor. And what Jesus says at the end of the parable is important. He says, The children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. What he's saying is that someone in this situation knows that they can no longer count on money or power at least they're going to try to count on people's kindness. They'll try to garner favor and get friends so that they aren't totally alone. He's saying, trying to get us to think of what are you leaning on? Or what are you depending on? Because any one of those things might just disappear overnight. Your talent, your intelligence, your friends even, your money, your good looks. Whatever you're depending on to get you through life, it can be taken away in an instant, even your life. So what Christ is trying to, maybe one of the things he's trying to get us to think of is, what are you leaning on? What are you depending on completely? Because we're all stewards. A steward, what makes a steward a steward is that he doesn't actually own anything. He's dealing out other people's possessions. Someone, his master, whose riches he's in charge of. They don't belong to him. And so Christ is saying, 
Everything you have doesn't belong to you. It's given to you. It's lent to you. And you are a steward. And so don't lean on money or power or control or talent or people's opinion of you. The only thing, the only hope is Christ, is me, he's saying. There's this Protestant hymn, uh, Careless Soul. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It goes, careless soul, uh, oh, heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. Man, that's bad. My voice is terrible. (laughs) Oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet your God. It's one of those old hymns that makes you feel like, it's trying to scare me into being good or scare me into giving my life to Christ. How sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet your God. But I hope what what I've said today, what St. Paul is saying in, in the letter to Timothy, is not that God is trying to find ways to condemn us. That he's not someday going to take our life from us. And if we're not ready, if we haven't repented, if we haven't asked for forgiveness, that somehow we're going to be sent down the trap door to hell. That's not what God wants. God is giving us every opportunity here and now. But he's saying, be prepared. Don't be a careless soul. What are you leaning on? What are you depending on? Let it be nothing in this world. It says the children of this world are more prudent than the children of light. They know that tomorrow their riches might disappear. Tomorrow their position of power, they might get fired. Do we know that everything in this world is passing, everything that we have in this life is lent to us, and the only one permanent hope, the hope of all, For eternal life, eternal salvation is Jesus Christ the Lord.